What up, everybody? Hi. Well, welcome to the Oasis Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're back. We got another week. It's week 35. It's, is that it's actually real? real? It actually, actually it's, yeah, It sounds right. Yeah, it's it is. Like, I, I don't know if we've ever gotten longer. a number right. No, I think... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to say it and I'm going to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's week 35 and I'm just excited because I think we got a good one for you today. We're talking about family and this is not church family we're referencing today, but rather biological family. Your so those, family. Those people you were born with and are now stuck with, uh, <laughs> however you want to feel about it. I, I guess that's just the reality, but before we get there, what is your guys' favorite family memory ever? Yeah. Uh... It usually either has to do with when my family would go up to North Dakota and visit the extended family, um, but we would have good moments of just doing ridiculous things that we couldn't do in Huron, where I'm from, because we lived in, I mean, the city, but it's not a city, it's a town. But when we'd go to visit family in North Dakota, they lived on a farm, and so we would just run around, screw around, goof off. But then we would go on um, family vacation. So we went on a vacation to Hawaii when I was a freshman in high school, and it was a cool experience. I, I remember a little bit of like the sightseeing and stuff, but like we went to Pearl Harbor together and that was great. But me and my dad went to a really cool golf course and that was just incredible. So what times. island were you on? I don't remember, dude. I don't even know the name. So you could have, you could have said anything you would got me. Probably Kahlua. <laughs> that is inappropriate. Sorry. <laughs> Jaina, save him. It's Kauai. What's, oh my what's your favorite? Um, so I didn't have like a specific moment that I could like come back to, but my family are farmers. And so all of my dad's family lives more or less within a mile of each other. So we spent a lot of time together, but anytime I got together with, you know, my family, my grandparents, my dad's siblings and their kids, it was just fun to just hang out and everybody jokes and laughs and tells old stories. And it's just really fun. Mm-hmm. So that's always a classic. It's not nothing crazy. You get the uncles together. They're going to tell oh, some stories. Yeah. The same ones. Every time, <laughs> <but> they're so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Mine is probably, Anytime my parents were scolding me just because I respect them so much now that I look back on it and I, I, I love how they loved me so much to discipline me. Hebrews 12, 7. <laughs> we can't make it through without making no, it. No, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> Nobody likes that. I still appreciate it, kind of, but I, I, don't, I don't like that. Um, what I would say is I actually, my family is in Sioux Falls, so they're not too far away. And my favorite moments are just those around the dinner table with my family. Uh, we're all like of a, we have a, I have a younger brother who's 11, but um, I think he's actually, he just turned 12. So happy birthday. But uh, we're all like older now. So it's almost more like friendshipy than it was family. So like sitting around the dinner table is like kind of fun rather than it was just an obligation for the longest of times. So I just enjoyed the conversation that we have and getting to connect in that way. So those are always my favorite moments, just the relaxing and hanging out, the stories that come out, yeah. the the funny things my little brother will say. <laughs> He's a wild card. You never know. Love that. After that, the first question I do really want to ask is, how, how do you navigate just some of the like the different family dynamics people have? Because if we're going to do a podcast on family, like we have to recognize, right, that everybody's coming to this with like a different background. So what do we have to say on that? Yeah, I think it's important to know 
what is your family dynamic and it's not just who's in the family but how do people relate to each other really well and the reality is that there's a biblical biblical precedent of how we're supposed to approach living with family um so for us we're approaching it in a way it's like we're going to tell you a little bit about our families <clears throat> knowing that each and every one of us have a different dynamic which is good like that's not a bad thing and hopefully there's some relation but overall there's reality of practical advice that we'll give at the end there's biblical principles we know we need to pursue when it comes to family but that may look different and that's okay because everyone's family dynamic is different so for like me i'm growing up or as i've grown up i have one younger sibling so like there's only two kids in the household i have two parents um i am like the reality is like i'm like i'm a child of divorce so that plays into the picture of how my family operates and how it works my sister is 31 i'm 33 so she's two years younger she has five little girls she's been married for the last like seven years so it's like that She's not all, playing around with those kids. Dude, thing, I'm, man. I'm telling you right now, I feel so bad for Corey, her husband. <laughs> he wanted a boy so bad. <laughs> um, that plays six. in, right? Um, that plays into it, but also, like, I'm married. And so there's a reality where my wife, who has three other siblings, who has a parents, and even her family dynamic is different than mine. And I've entered into that now, basically being adopted into that family. And so it's just like my background there's a lot of different moments and different relationships um and that's good that's not a bad thing and what's awesome is that the bible tells us specifically and in specific ways of how to actually approach those different relationships um but it just as you add more people it gets it can get really really messy and that's okay yeah jana what are you thinking what's family dynamic kind of overview for you yeah um so i have two younger sisters we're each two years apart and so One's graduated from college, one's a senior in college, so we're kind of at that stage where my parents have been empty nesters for a couple of years. They're trying to, you know, figure out, okay, what is life now? My mom's my mom was a stay at home mom while we were there, so she's gotten a job and she's doing lots of things. And my sisters are trying to figure out, okay, what's next in the midst of a pandemic, you oh, know, with school and stuff. So, so, um, but yeah, it's been interesting. We're not necessarily super close in like how in depth and and vulnerable we get with each other, but we can sit and talk and have a good time. And so like, that's really nice, but yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. No, 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 I forgot for me. where I was going. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Yeah. I'm from Sioux Falls, like I said, and my family's still there for the most part. I've got three younger, or three siblings. One's an older sister and then two younger brothers. One's a college junior and the other one is a sixth grader, which is just, it's hilarious. <laughs> I get to work with middle schoolers. So it's like, I always am seeing my brother metaphorically working with middle schoolers, so like, yep, he would do that. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, so then my, my parents are just, they both work jobs, and we grew up as a Christian household, but a lot of that has changed and shifted throughout the years is what it looks like to actually be a Christian household and what it looks like to to culturally be Christian and what it looks like even to walk away for some points. But the next question after you kind of like, okay, this is overview, this is who we are. How do you guys navigate the idea that I think is so popular in our culture, especially with our younger generations, that you didn't pick your family? Like you don't get any say in who you have to have those relationships with. You don't get a say in who your parents are or who you're... And, and, and some people will be like, well, that's stupid. Everybody has that same case. But I think it's becoming even more of a popular idea of, I didn't get to pick these people, so then therefore, relationship with them doesn't necessarily matter as much as maybe the people I choose. So what's, what's this idea? Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, dude. I think it started with the millennials, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then because the Gen Zers are just millennials on steroids, it's amplified. So this idea that 
the the family I've been given, the blood I've been given is actually now not even just put on the back burner anymore. It's I can actually choose to not have a relationship with them. And so I only will prioritize relationships with people that I can choose with those around me, with those that I like. And there's a couple different issues with that. Um, one, even on, on the, the latter part of this idea of choosing people that I like. Uh, when we get into situations and circles where we're only have a relationship with people who are like us, that's dangerous Mm -hmm. because that means that most likely there's no growth. There's no pursuit of actually having to have difficult conversations. I actually think it's isolation in a sense, which is really dangerous. Um, but we all on the other side of it, the fact that every single person has been given a family, we didn't get Mm -hmm. to choose that family. So no one can say well i'm in a different situation it's like we can all actually are relatable in that reality that we've been given a family that we didn't choose so there's things that we have to figure out how to live life and relationships with like that and with those people the biggest thing is there's precedent a biblical precedent mm-hmm. of how we're supposed to deal with people and in and every aspect so not just people we don't know how we're supposed to deal with enemies how we're supposed to deal with people in the church how we're supposed to um live life with people who don't know jesus but also how we're supposed to live life with our parents our mother biological mother and father how we're supposed to live life with our siblings um and so there's a push for not even a push a command to honor those relationships and to pursue and and live well in those relationships because they're the people that they've been given to you it's everything you've been given we are to steward well that includes our relationships with our family whether their health like i mean it's just a healthy whether we like that or not we need to steward that well Mm because it's been given to us yeah that's good jenna do you want to just maybe add in some of the things you're talking about consumerism individualistic nature like some of that kind of stuff yeah, so recently I was taking a class on family ministry, and then right after that I took a class on evangelism. And in both of those, there's kind of an overlap where we looked at cultures. And um, there's two primary types of cultures. Um, there's individualistic cultures, and then there's um, – oh, I'm blanking on the word. Um, I should know it too. I've taken Most Asian cultures are this collective. That's yeah, the word. I knew it started with the C. Collective cultures. Um, and so the U.S. is a very individualistic culture. I think that that's not – Hard, hard sell. I think we all know that. Um, what? A lot. Yeah. No yeah, but we're more um, driven to, to be focused on self, um, all about self-care, about you know individualism, take care of yourself, provide for yourself, um, whereas some other cultures are more collective, and they say, let's provide for the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can even see that in um, Latinx cultures where there's multiple family members who live together. Um, and so just one of the the unique parts about being an American is just that we are individualistic and we don't prioritize relationships as highly as some other mm-hmm. cultures. And that can be to our own detriment sometime. Um, and just something to keep in mind and even be aware of as we navigate relationships. Yeah. And, and so Ben, you had said some of the scriptural references. Do you just want to bring those back in with uh, what exactly you're referencing? Yeah. There? We like the Bible <laughs> as followers of Jesus. <laughs> it's an authoritative uh, voice into our life. Um, but especially now when it comes to, it's easier to point to how we need to treat and have a relationship with our parents because that's specifically talked about in yeah. Ephesians 6 and Exodus 20. Now, but at the same time, there are biblical principles of what it looks like to just have a relationship with people that you can extend to your siblings. So I'm just going to start there and then I'll go into parents because we're going to, I think, focus more on parents as we continue through this conversation. Maybe not. It'll, it could go a different way. But when the Bible talks about in Ephesians where it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you, like that's how we are to treat everyone. Romans, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. It's how we're to treat people in general because of how God treated us. Now, specifically, with parents, Ephesians 6 says this, Children, 
Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Verse 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. And that command is taken from Exodus 20, verse 12, Mm -hmm. which is honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. And why it's so important, one, it's because it's in the Bible, but two, it's the first commandment given in Exodus that speaks of our horizontal relationships, our relationships on earth. It's given in Leviticus as well, and in the literally the law given of how you were to operate. It's given a high position in regards to the laws given to the people of the Israelites. And so it's something that we need to pursue and push into well and follow well because it's important to God. So it's the, yeah, the reality that's the first command. I, I love that. It's the first command with a promise, but also the first one that moves us into our hor- horizontal relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just to push, push an idea here. Let's let's see what you think on this, and feel free to feel free to absolutely just blow it up. <laughs> but I, my mind kind of jumps to just Matthew twelve, where Jesus is encountering uh, this crowd, and they ask, and they say, "Your mothers and brothers are outside waiting for you." And he turns around, and he says, "Who is my mother and brothers?" And then he says, here are my mother and brothers. These are the people who are doing the will of God. And he almost seems to reject this idea of a family unit, like those people he was born with and turned to the kingdom of God, the church, as his new family. What what do you think about that idea? Is that playing at all to this cultural idea that that people are pushing? And it's like, I'm going to choose the people who I want to call my family? I don't think that does because I've never heard someone actually reference the scripture for why I'm actually just going to completely disown and separate. (laughs) But there's a reality where Jesus was doing something greater than what anyone else in the history of the world was coming. He's come to bring the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so what happened there was that his family wanted him to prioritize them in ways that were, they were thinking was unhealthy. What they want, what he wanted his family to see was something bigger was happening here. And at the same time, he didn't reject them. And we know that because what happens on the cross, he makes sure his mother is taken care of. He gives her over to one of his closest friends and one of his followers. And so, Oh yeah. And he, and I think he never gives up on James, which I think is so cool. James was very adamant that James, Jesus was not Absolutely. the Messiah. Jesus yes. was not who he was claiming to be. And then you see James turn around and he writes a book of the Bible. Right. And it's one of the, honestly, one of my favorite books of the Bible, just because of how powerfully he speaks of the transformation of God and how we're supposed to live out this this faith we have. So, yeah, I, w- I would Good. say the same thing. But I think it's an interesting argument people yeah. will make that it's like Jesus picked his family. Jesus kind of pushed against the idea of what was his cultural norm of being yeah. a collective culture. But All right, now to get a That's little good. bit more personal... And where we want kind of for you to to go with our stories is um, just take it as a moment of like reflection for you. Maybe something in our stories or what we've done well and what we haven't uh, catches with you, and maybe it doesn't. If not, that's fine. Just reflect on th- these questions at the very least. So what is something you guys feel like you've done well in honoring and, and being in relationship with your family? Uh, for me, I think... And we'll give a list of some things, and it's not an exhaustive list that we'll give at the end. But for me, like I feel like, and in, in talking with Abby about this recently, something that has helped me pursue sanctification and holiness has been the ability, as a spirit's worked in my life, to be able to forgive my parents, um, to be able to not hold anything against them, to not hold on to the past. Uh, it wasn't easy. There's moments still now where I have to remember that like I'm living in a state of forgiveness and which also means pursuing reconciliation as much as is healthy for me and my parents. Um, just because of everything that's happened in the past. There was hurt and on both sides, and I've needed to ask forgiveness from my parents for multiple things. There was a moment and I can't remember if I've shared this. I don't remember where I shared this. Um, but I was getting 
Oh, it was, it was this last Wednesday at our uh, Grace Pace Parenting Small Group. When I was getting my license for the first time to be a pastor, it was in um, Iowa. That's the district I was in for the Westland Church. And I was getting my license. I finished the classes. I finished all the conversations with our district board and stuff. And I remember literally going through the process, getting handed this card and talking with the pastor. And I looked at the card and I thought, I am holding on to things that I think are keeping me from ultimately being a pastor that God has called me to. And one of those big things, like I had not forgiven my mom for her. I was holding resentment and I was, and there was bitterness and it was real. And there was a moment where I had to sit and just like, first with God to give me the actually help to forgive in that moment, just to be like, be okay with God in that saying like, God, I need to forgive and I want to, and I do forgive my mom. And then actually taking the next step to call her Mm -hmm. and our relationship isn't perfect even to this day. But I think that pressing into and stepping into like not holding the past against my parents has helped me ultimately continue to become the son that, that God desires me to be. Yeah. And I think there's two things that I'll maybe ask or comment on that. First, the beauty of forgiveness is how much it helped you. Oh, and that's the forgiveness is not actually is more for us than anything else. Yeah, so that, I think that's cool. That's always a powerful testimony. But second, what do you say to someone who's like, my relationship with my parents have been pretty good. Like, I don't feel like I have all these hurts. Do you yeah. think there's still forgiveness or different ways they should walk through that, or is it just these big things? Or I don't know. Maybe I think well, anytime them. there's resentment, so I can't. I don't make up something. But yeah. if there's resentment, if there's an aspect of bitterness, if there's an aspect where you don't want to have a conversation about something with your mom or dad because of a past hurt, mm-hmm. that's something that needs to be pressed into. Yeah. It doesn't and, have to be huge. No, no, no. I maybe asked that question because I think it's that, that very thing that we expect so much of our parents, but our parents are, all of our parents are human. human. Like all of our parents are flawed parents. None of them have done it perfectly. And if you think your parents have, like they haven't, maybe you got to do some reflection <laughs> right there. But because of that, there's things that you will struggle with because of the way your parents taught you or raised you or the way they interacted with people or the way. And I think I've seen people go through really, really healthy processes of just not the, not blaming, but forgiving even for small things. Like my parents did this and it affected me in this way. And because of that, I need to ask, I need to forgive them for that, even though it's not something as glaring. So maybe I would just encourage people to do a reflective moment on, okay, where are things that you struggle and where does maybe that tie back into what your parents have done or your siblings, how you interacted? Jaina, what do you think? What's something you've done well? Yeah, I mean, I would echo um, exactly what Ben's just said. I think that's been one of the biggest things that um, I've walked through in the last six-ish years since I haven't been home. It's been more than that. Or like been out of the family home, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. as an adult. Um, is just walking through some of those things, you know, pressing into forgiveness. But I think that out of that, I've come to a place where something that I now do really well is praying for my family Mm -hmm. Um, and about specific things that I know each of them is going through, struggles that they're having. um, And I try to regularly pray for them, Um, particularly being so far away from them and not being able to, you know, be with them every single day or hear about their life or even you know, like talk to them all that often, like just simply praying for them, I think has been really helpful. And that's been helpful even in the forgiveness process Yeah, is realizing, you know, I'm praying for this person because of this thing that they're going through and that has affected me and I can turn around and forgive them because of that because I see them as a real person. So 
That's super yeah. big. That's so good. And I think if, if you struggle with fi- figuring out how to actually honor your parents, start with prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like even they'll say like we're to bless people and not curse them. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know how, like I've had this much hurt happen against me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to bless them. And a lot of that is just like, oh, what does it look like for you to pray for them? Because what happens, I think, as we go through life is we forget that our parents are also going through difficulties and temptations and trials and frustrations um, yeah. because life is life for everyone. There's financial stuff. There's health stuff. There's relational stuff um, between each other and even with maybe siblings or even their own siblings, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. also their children. And so it's like, okay, if you don't know where to start, start with prayer. And I think that's so good. And I love that you said it actually helped in pursuing forgiveness in that. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and maybe a question for both of you is what does it look like to go through that process of prayer? Like, is there tangible things you've been able to grasp or practice or like, I, cause I think someone could listen to this and be like, yes, I'd love to start praying for my family, but I don't know how. Yeah. So what would you say to that? Write down a list of things of yeah. what you know about. You know your parents, mm-hmm. at least a little bit, even if you don't know a lot. Like, okay, what's their health situation like? Are they still working? Like there's different things that you can write down. And then there's just the beautiful reality. My, um, my pastor put me on to the Ephesians three prayer uh, that Pastor Steve just watched. Ephesians four. Ephesians, Ephesians three, three, second half. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Verse 14 through 21. Uh, just the reality of what does it look like to pray for my mom, uh, who at the moment of in our relationship as freshmen in college, like she didn't know Jesus. And I was struggling with like this idea of how come she doesn't, like I want her to know Jesus. So like, do they need like where's their salvation stance where are they at in that and he said like read over this scripture and pray that she would through the power of the spirit grasp how high and long and wide and deep the love of god is for her yeah. um and so there are scriptural prayers to look through like look at google like what what are prayers in scripture and pray those and read those over your mm-hmm. family i love that ben had us do that as a leadership team uh, a couple months ago just the second half of ephesians has this prayer that paul has written where it's almost like you can mad libs it and put your own person's name into that prayer and it, it's super beautiful and i think incredibly powerful yeah. so I, I was thinking that when i asked that question so thank you for saying that uh, if i'm gonna go because I, I probably should go too huh uh, i would say that one thing that i've done well is across distance and across time i've tried to stay connected which is which is so hard like if you guys I, we, I mean, it's just hard to stay connected with people because of the pace of life in which we live and the distance in which we, we don't see each other all that often. But we also have an incredible resource in our telephones. Um, yeah. You keep it in your pocket um, 95% of the day, most people will. And, and most of the, likely your parents or your, your siblings have their phones too. So what does it look like for you to set weekly, bi-weekly, monthly reminders, even like just to make yourself accountable to text people, to give them calls, to reach out, to just, to just make sure that you're, you're not forgetting them or you're continuing to just let them know you're thinking about them or praying for them or just have a simple conversation. Like not, not all of my sibling or parent conversations are extremely profound, trust me. <laughs> but I think it just says something that even though we live 10 hours apart, like I can still think about you and text you and try to have a relationship, even if it's just a text or a phone call. So that's worked for me. What could, what is something you guys think? What you would could, you, I got to oh, He's not going <laughs> to let me move on. No. Oh. How dare you? Um, so because there's been real pain and real hurt in people's lives, some people, not all yeah. people, right? Yeah. It's like, how do you talk to that person who's experienced emotional, physical, sexual abuse from, from parents? Like, what does it look like for them to communicate and connect? Mm. <laughs> Because that's what I, I know. I've had these conversations, right, with young adults, and we know this is a reality for people. It's like, how do we help them move forward? Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like the first thing we have to say is almost like that's not okay. Yeah. Like it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault, yeah. and we're sorry it happened. Yeah. Like we don't know. Like whoever's listening to this, we don't know your story, and we don't know what that's done to you. But we do know of a Jesus who loves you yeah. and who cares for you and who has died for that hurt and that pain. So that's where we got to start, yep, right? That's good. Like we'll just we'll counsel you through the podcast, <laughs> yep, just knowing right. how much our heart is for you. Yep. But then I think, man, that's a hard question. Yeah. But really, I think you. How do you get other people involved who can help you figure out what's consistently healthy? Perfect. Like I don't know who yep. it is for you yep. and what that exactly looks like. Yep. But if you try to figure that out on your own, it'll it'll be so much harder. Yeah, I don't think you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you get whether it's counselors, whether it's pastors, whether it's loving, caring friends, whether it's other family members, how do you get them involved where they can be accountable, where they can be just references, where they can speak truth into a situation because sometimes it's just hard for us to see what's the best without yeah. us another set of eyes yep. so that would be probably my first piece of advice yep. agreed yeah yeah probably identify what boundaries need to be set um particularly if you're in a situation with someone who's manipulative and you know that they're going to try to Absolutely. do that yep. and there's no healing or restoration mm-hmm. in that yet yep. yep like know what those boundaries are set them but um and forgiveness does not mean the relationship is going to yeah. be perfect yeah. and completely reconciled because yeah. there needs to be a rec- if in order, I think I think reconciliation is possible in every relationship. I 1000% believe that and will hold to that until I die. But it has to be believed on both sides. Mm-hmm. And if both ends don't want to pursue that, and if there doesn't want to be healing, and if there doesn't want to be forgiveness from both sides, then put those boundaries in place and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But what are you called to do in this season right now with the relationships with your family that you need to press into knowing you can't control other people's decisions? You can only control what God's asking you to do yeah. now. And even in if there's been real hurt, um yeah, I mean we would not just say who are those like pursue healing and pursue counseling. That's okay. And in that, like something that is really hard to believe is in those moments of deep pain and hurt. Um, as hard as it is to, I think even for me in moments, like to fully understand and grasp, I try to rest in the truth that God was, didn't leave me alone in those moments. Um, even when I didn't feel him, even when I didn't believe it, even when I wrestled with the question of why did this happen is trying to remember that there are things beyond my control. Um, but trying to rest in the truth of that, we still do serve a good God. Mm-hmm. And Brennan just preached a message on it, actually. Yeah, I did. What? Okay, one of the other questions. What's something you feel like you could do better? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some of that. Yeah, you know? I think the one that always comes into mind for me is like, I've just been notoriously terrible about not speaking highly and well of my parents, both privately and public publicly. Mm. And I think publicly, I've gotten way better at it. Privately, I want to use it as an excuse while no one else is listening except for the person I'm talking to. And that's just not, that does not show them honor. It doesn't show them respect. It doesn't, it doesn't actually provide any blessing it doesn't provide any healing it actually just creates more bitterness it's on the realms of gossip which is incredibly unhealthy but what if the things you're saying are true doesn't matter <laughs> then if they're true then i need to i need to have the appropriate conversation with the person hmm. that it's about not yeah. the people in my life that's good Jane, no thoughts yeah on what ben just said <laughs> no no no, no. You, you <laughs> yeah sure on. please please no, help me I have not been great, and I'm generally not good at staying connected with people. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a let's be together kind of a person as far as interacting with people. I don't like texting. I don't like talking on the phone, yeah. which poses a challenge when a You're- lot of the people in my life live 
hours and hours away. Yeah. Um, and so I have not been good about staying connected with friends from college, with my family. Um, and so that's something I need to work on for sure. Yeah, that's, that's super hard. I feel that. Um, for me, I would say Ben just preached a message on laziness. And one of the, the aspects that he pushed into on what it was, how to go from laziness to diligence, like legit, like it was so good. If you guys pause this one right now and go listen to that one, because I just posted it today or yesterday. So get that in your ears because you need to hear that message. But he just talked about what it looks like to um, use excuses or laziness to push away from hard things or hard situations. And I see that as something I'm doing where it's like, or I have done in the past where it's like, uh, I'm not willing to push into a relationship for a level of depth that I think Jesus has called us to when it's family members, like meeting with my my siblings and, and going the extra step to get food or coffee, to have a really intentional conversation. Like they know I care because I texted them, but how do I connect with them when I'm in Sioux Falls or when I'm in Colorado where one of my brothers lives? And the same with your parents. I think you go through this life relationship of <clears throat> you will have your parents probably for most of your life if Yep, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of conditions yep. on that, but <laughs> but we take that for granted, and we don't sit down and get to intentionally really know our parents. Sometimes where it's like, oh, let's get let's get a meal. Like let's talk about what are the things that you see in your life that are going well. Like what are the things you struggled with growing up? What are the things that you've really had to to work through as a person? Because I think you'd be shocked at, I mean, the reality of your your people, your parents, your parents are people, and like they've walked through life too, and there's a lot of wisdom to gain in that, but the easy option is to not have those hard conversations. The lazy option is to skip out on that deeper level of relationship and just be content with where you're at. Mm -hmm. And that's even if your relationship is good. Right. Correct. You know, which is crazy, but where we want to end the podcast is just with some advice pieces of what we've seen, uh, biblical precedents for what we've seen relationally work. Well, not that we've necessarily practiced all of these, but just some quick ends here if you're still listening with us through the podcast and you didn't grasp as much from our stories as you want maybe you can take some from one of these so who wants to start us yeah i think in in moments there's a reality that thankfulness is key and huge in this and this is a part of prayer um it's not trying to dwell and focus on the negative but as brennan said earlier man our parents are human and and everyone makes mistakes and so it's still like some of us had parents who even in the worst of times, still try to provide in moments and ways. And so what does it look like to be thankful in those moments where they tried in moments to do their best, um, knowing that they're human? Yeah. And I think even to, to play off of that, the the podcast so far has leaned a little bit more towards like right. uh, harder situations. But if you've got a really good yeah, family, I mean, that's praise good. God. Yeah, if good. you're close with your siblings, if like you connect with your parents and like, man, that is incredible. Not everybody has that. So how can you just praise God for what he's given you and your family? So yeah, that's super good. Yeah. So the second one that we would give is, um, communication. I mean, I already talked about it. It's not something I'm very good about, but it's something that Brennan is better at doing of just staying connected, communicating with them. Um, I love that suggestion of just getting to know your parents and who they are. That's so good. I've never done that before. Yeah, no, and I haven't, I haven't practiced it great, but it's something I, I've definitely had on my heart lately. The other one I think was probably a main theme of the podcast: forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, recognizing how you can forgive your parents, forgive your siblings, and also ask for forgiveness. You know, like there's just <laughs> Jesus died so that we can 
be forgiven and also forgive others. You know, there he set this precedent for us. So how do we live in that in our families? Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. And then obviously praying for him, we talked about, um, just is so healthy, so good. Find ways and moments where you can pray for them, lift them up in prayer. And then the last one is don't be afraid to still seek their advice. Um, I think it's an incredible way to honor someone by when you ask for the advice, you're saying, I want your voice to, I want to hear your voice in this situation or circumstance. And even if your parents aren't believers, I've had moments where early on in my faith, I've asked questions to my parents about spiritual things. And even though they had no really good answer, it actually could provide opportunity to talk about Jesus. Um, but don't, yeah, don't give yourself an excuse to not ask for things, especially on spiritual stuff, even if they're not believers. Um, know that it's an opportunity potentially to bring Jesus into it. And even in that, especially as young adults, know that it's okay to disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, to seek their advice is to say, okay, I I, I desire to hear your voice in this situation. So it says, Proverbs 1, hear my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. There's moments where like, because of experience they've had, they can actually give some good advice. Um, but know that there'd be like, for me and my family, like my priorities are different than my parents' priorities and that's okay. But it doesn't mean that I should just discount anything that they would want to help encourage me in, in ways and situations and circumstances. Okay. And I know we want to finish here, but I do have one question that, we could probably answer fairly quickly, but maybe not. Maybe it'll get us in a wormhole. <laughs> what do you guys think about college students and young adults who move back home? Do you have advice for there? Do you have thoughts on that? And I think that's just something like in the family dynamic. It's like when you move out for college or if you don't go to college and you just move out to work or you find your own apartment and you find yourself back at home. Yeah. Like, What do you think are opportunities or hardships or what's the reality of that that we could speak on from our perspective? I think that particularly if you're going to live in your parents' house, have that initial conversation of what are, what are your expectations so, of me as your child now being an yeah. adult? What are what am I hoping that's different from when I was, at, you know, underage living in your home? Have that conversation, maybe it's going to be hard, but get those expectations clear so there's not that you're potentially avoiding some conflict. Is your mom going to do your laundry? Are you going to do your laundry? What time do they want you to be home? Are they going to sit up and wait up if you're late? Like just those simple conversations that might really help to just have a restorative part in that relationship as you're now an adult and you want to be an adult Mm -hmm. and voice some of what you would like to see from your parents as well. That's so good. I just encourage that. I would love my parents to do my laundry again. Even as a freshman in college when you come home for Christmas break or summer Hmm. break, don't be afraid to have that conversation. Yeah, that's so good. That's Every summer, good. you know, what it looks like if yeah. you come home from college to yep. just continue yeah. to clear expectations and yeah. reality. Because you can honor your parents well in that and in, in meeting with their expectations or even just having that conversation could be a restorative honoring mm-hmm. moment. So good. Yeah, and then I think it depends on, I mean, recognize and understand their seasons and what that looks like. What is your motive behind it? Do you want to use them? Or yeah. is it you're in a season of needing blessing and they want to bless you and help you and serve you in that way? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to that initial conversation. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I, we'd ask that because I think that's just a really interesting dynamic. It's and, not bad. And something no, that's that happening even more and more. Yeah. yeah. You know, so how did we just, how do we speak into that? So, mm-hmm. sweet. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we finished episode 35, 35. of the Oasis podcast. Woo. And guess what? We'll be back next week with 36. 30. That's oh. the number after 35. There you go. So, peace out. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.